Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> we are in record. Happy birthday week, Try Hard. Thanks. That's why it's coming out a little bit later than normal, isn't it? It is. It is because I had a touch of um, of wine flu and also spent <laughs> five hours at the hairdressers yesterday. Yeah, mate, I beat you. I uh, I drove a fair amount to get to my hairdressers. It was a full day affair. <laughs> well, well, it's the fact that like I I mean I would have taken like a two hour drive either side of the hair appointment, but five hours in the chair. I had over two hundred foils in my hair for to color it. And basically had a funny turn whilst they were doing it because for those people who've never bleached their hair, when you have peroxide on your hair, it heats up and the foils were so heavy and there were so many of them. And I obviously had my mask on. I basically nearly fainted having my hair done. It was extreme, (laughs) but you know, pain is beauty. And mate, you have told me a lot more vicious, awful stories around beauty regimes than having a hot head and, and slightly feeling slightly overwhelmed some of the stuff that you've gone through with those facial peels and stuff I mean yeah, that's new I mean, level that was it this it, this was very easy comparative to that um I am also blaming the <laughs> fact that I had the um vaccine hangover because I am vaccinated round got one my, round one got my jab in my arm here I am AstraZeneca up to the max um couple of bit of feedback that I'd just like to give to Jabs R Us in Cardiff Bay. I fully expected there to be a sticker or confectionery and there were neither. <laughs> I used to love a sticker when you'd go to the um, dentist. dentist yeah. And my dentist, they had like a flat out massive ring binder. And they honestly, some of the stickers were the size of your head. So when you got them on, it yeah. was literally... It was like you're a walking billboard with a frog on you. And you'd go back, you'd go back into school and be like, walk it, walking into the classroom at half ten, like, what's going on, kids? Guess where I've been? <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? Why are stickers so good? Oh, don't, like, and kids just absolutely... Uh, tell you, I, I'm not going to remember who it is. I've played rugby with someone that's got a sticker phobia. Someone at work. Yeah. Wow. Someone at Wasps, sticker phobia. 
another person, banana phobia, played with someone that was um, scared of mashed potato. How on earth would anyone be able to have a <laughs> banana phobia around you? You're like, have you seen the film My Big Fat Greek Wedding, how he puts Windex on it? I feel like you're like that with bananas. Hungry, have a banana. <laughs> a bit sad, have a banana. Hungover, have a banana. Period <laughs> crabs, have a banana. I'm it's, a like, it's a nice mix a between, it's a nice mix between sweet and savoury. <laughs> bananas are not savoury, one of the sweets and sweet. <laughs> I also, do you know what? I quite like that we've got this ability to use this platform as a bit of like therapy for us because I hate watching you eat bananas. I feel like you eat them so aggressively. You're always in a rush. Like they are the ultimate convenient snack food to you. And you're always like, so like, like ramming it in your mouth and like grunting. And I find it quite a like a disturbing experience to be a part of. And I'm glad that we're, I'm actually able to get this off my chest. I'm, I'm so happy that you've said this in a public forum rather than just, mate, stop eating like that when I'm eating them in your uh, company. I'm now going to be so conscious of ever eating a banana in front of anyone. No one ever mentioned this to you. Has Simone not mentioned this to you? <laughs> no. You honestly you oh. scare me. And that's why I felt like I haven't been able to say it when it's just us because it just really like, I, you know when some people do things and like, someone else does think but you find it panic inducing like watching someone parallel park is panic inducing even if it's not you doing it you eating a banana induces panic in me there is real there is real depth but like underneath all of this isn't there you know what, one of the worst things when you uh, sorry I feel like I'm really going off on a tangent on today's podcast we will talk about rugby at some point is when you're in a real rush and you eat it you snap the top off and you eat from the banana in the skin in one hand and the snapped off <laughs> I do do like, that <laughs> like you're like double stuffing and I'm like why does she need to eat it so quickly and I then really you do like do a little that. hamster and you have like these banana pockets in your cheek Oh, wow. I just feel so happy that I've managed to get this off my chest today. I do snap the banana off and eat it. And then eat, that's not quite sure where that habit's come from. Um, obviously, obviously, speed is always an, is important when um, you're in between training and having to balance working and training and um, not having enough time to get food in. Um, but I'm I'm now not doing either so I uh, I will take that on board yes yeah, um, with the banana you know before we got onto the food chat I was actually going to comment about the fact that now we're uh, two blonde bombshells again oh. um I'm a little bit gutted that we had to have a photo shoot last week <laughs> when it was absolute terrible roots from uh roots to my ear both of us <laughs> what an experience that was we um <laughs> so if you missed it Nolly and I got the back page of Monday's Telegraph Sport, which was really odd because obviously, like, not so much for Nolly because you know she's won a World Cup, whatever. Um, but I, I've been in Cowbridge Gem when it was going back in the day, the local, the local rag, uh, a number of times I will add. Um, but the back page of the Telegraph Sport on the Monday after the Masters was a pretty big deal what a strange experience and I'm just glad that the photograph looks like um it's a piece about two women who can't get a mortgage or something like that <laughs> because we're sat on the planters on my parents front garden as you do yeah, you know. wishing to be inside um of the property our dream home um, our dream home that's been snatched from us by the building society 
um yeah, yeah look yeah. it was it was a fun experience only to mainly watch you squirm um and I've noticed so a bit of therapy for me I've noticed like you're quite a funny person you give me stick all not, of the time I'm not quite I am funny like I'm not quite, no, you're, I'm quite funny. Funny. you're quite funny and um I've noticed that when you're uncomfortable irrelevant of whether you're someone you have just met say like the photographer um you start giving the biggest amount of bant to everybody um and just start tearing into everyone but it, like you're you're probably your post nine o'clock kind of chatter at 9 p.m um when you yeah I've noticed that I noticed is it is it Steve the, the photographer yeah he was um, Steve um yeah I was like oh wow I, I feel like maybe you've known him for a long time no no you just met <laughs> wow I didn't know that I um I have to say one thing that whilst we were doing, which I kept thinking about afterwards, whilst we were doing the photo shoot, I did feel really like uncomfortable and and I didn't enjoy the experience at all. But at one point he asked us to walk up the road and we had to walk away from him. And we just started having a conversation. I said, oh, I like your earrings. And you told me that you'd lost another pair of earrings the week before. And you did an impression of Miles Harrison. And I keep thinking about it because it's honestly <laughs> tickled me so much. I have known Miles for well over a decade, having worked with him as a, you know, from a young age at Sky. And he is, we talk about so often what a special commentator is and what an amazing man he is. But he is such a like he's such a character as well, and such a kind of he has his his foibles, and Nolly just took him off to a tea, and I just keep thinking about it, and it just I could picture him. She was so good. I mean, I don't feel like there's a massive market for an impression show with you doing Miles and me doing my dad because we both do both of those really well. But yeah, it really tickled me, and you know when something then just keeps popping back into your head. Can I just can I just say that I he actually. It wasn't me taking the mic. You, it was just. No, it wasn't done with it, it telling it was just this... repeating what he'd said. But you, you got his mannerisms down. <laughs> so he was well. very upset and very worried that I'd lost the earrings um, that that potentially were uh, um, expensive, sentimental, and they weren't. But um, he was very worried about it. Oh. Anyway, um, photo shoot with you was really good fun, and I will say, I obviously the launch of the pod uh, the not the podcast um launch of a while ago the documentary um like blew my socks off and it was just amazing to be able to share it with everyone obviously we've kind of been hinting towards it for a little while that we've been yeah. working together and I just love the fact that and you're going to feel a little bit uncomfortable about this but quite often you know people have said some amazingly like are incredibly humbling things to to me but what's been like amazing for me to read is actually you getting the compliments for what you've done in your job putting it all together and and actually quite often the person that's behind the camera that's making it you know doing the interviews pulling it all together producing and directing and and, and editing it um I think it's what that's what's been really cool um to to see you get the credit and yeah and Starkey obviously was was your wingman with it um, helping you? So I think that that's been super cool. That I, I just love that that story has been told and it went out in the Telegraph because that's a really important message. Is that yes, I'm talking about commentary, but my my role transcends across lots of and my messaging goes across so many different industries and so many different walks of life. 
and you doing it, you doing the producing and directing is emphasis of that. And also Kate Rowan writing yeah. um, the piece in the Telegraph shows that as well. Um, so yeah, I think from my perspective, uh, yeah, I, and I can't imagine I couldn't have been more proud. I can't imagine there are many listeners of this podcast who haven't yet watched it, but if you haven't, we would really implore you to do it. And we don't say that from a vanity or an egotistical point of view. I, I think the big thing for me, and this is what I have said, um, I've had some absolutely amazing messages from people, not just on social media, but people who've got in touch privately, people who I've worked with for a long time, people I respect, and, and it, I found it incredibly touching. But the big thing for me is that we have... I keep describing this as a passion project, not from the perspective that I got to work with one of my best friends on it, but because we have been able to craft and disseminate a message that we're incredibly uh, passionate about and is important to us. And it's important to start conversations. And that's where I think this isn't about you or I, this isn't about your story. It's about how your story is relatable to so many other women. And what you talk about in a commentating sense, in a transitional sense, so many people will relate to that. And I just, I'm so pleased that it has really um, landed, as they say, I've now uh, heard a lot of that in the past few weeks. It has landed with so many people. So please continue to keep sharing it. Please watch it if you haven't already. Um, and we really hope that it it starts some more conversations. And um, yeah, we're very proud of it. You know what, I think it's also really cool and I think just to mention, you know, to have flats in there being so open and honest and chatting as he always is. Um, obviously, Joe Blake Turner from Channel 4, but, um, you know, to involve someone like Lynn Campwell um, and having her new job title put across the screens. Um, she, she is just one of the most magnificent women um, that I know. I, I watched an, an interview and I retweeted it yesterday um, about with Lynn was interviewed but I think RTE and she was talking about what she's doing um with South African rugby and how she envisages it moving forward and she needs to listen and she needs to work out what works over there you know the women and not just the structures behind them but actually the women that are playing the sport in South Africa are very different demographic to to around the world and she needs yeah. to hear from them and and it was fascinating and I just you know, I know she's going to do an amazing job over there. And maybe this leads nicely into to what we're going to talk about with the Six Nations. But to have her involved, it was really special. And, and you know, I've seen some of the extended stuff that didn't quite make the final cut because it, it could have gone on for hours, the documentary. But um, I feel very touched to have had the people involved with it. And, and, you know, I think probably the last word on the documentary, I'm sure it won't be the last word because we'll be living off this for, for years to come, but oh, big time. it actually has to go to HSBC and Sven Glor, um, who heads up the, the global ambassador team and, and all of the work um, that we do and so much more within the, the company. And he was the person that was driving this. He was the one that approached me to ask, could I do the story? He approached you to, um, to produce it and direct it. And, for HSBC to do this is massively outside their comfort zone and I know you've only got to look at what their content is to see that actually putting those tweets out and with asterisks of a swear word you know like those yeah. types of things are huge this is above and beyond and it needed someone like him to put his full weight belief um, and passion behind it 
And I think this genuinely is just the start of what's more to come. And internally, I know that they are amazing with some of the stuff they do around balance, around the, the values that they hold um, and what they support with um, gender equality and like loads of things. This don't, they don't talk about it externally. Yeah. And I think this is one of the first times that they've said, right, these are our values. These are our values as a company. And this is this, these stories and this person aligns with that. And we're proud to share that story. So I think watch this space. It'd be brilliant that um, if it can continue. And I know that we've, we're now working in the wings to try and get some actioning points on the back of it and, and get it to, to really land, not just and, in the yeah. media world, but um, engage and inspire yet more young people and, and lots of different industries run it up the flagpole and see who salutes it quite frankly Danielle I think yeah. <laughs> but we'll take that offline and we'll um we'll we'll network that later um I have warned you about using corporate management speak on the podcast so this one is now a set you know what? written warning um but um I think just because we've talked about the podcast the podcast the documentary um which obviously focuses on your commentating um how was your commentating last weekend I, I'd imagine you were in you know in sunny France were you um we weren't in France but we weren't not in France <laughs> um unfortunately we couldn't fly so we were in uh, in sunny Wales and um I can never remember the name of the place Trintropolis Tintopolis Tinopolis Tinopolis that's the place in Swansea um and no, it's not in Swansea, is it? It's Netley. Netley, yeah. Not quite sure. Anyway, I arrived. It's quite an old building, and I and I was like, oh, so, didn't didn't read the email. Got a lot lovely email from Mandy telling me exactly where I needed to go, what I needed to do. Did the classic scroll, 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 scroll. Need to be there uh, for X time. Okay, cool. Didn't read it properly, and I saw a sign, and I thought, there we go. That's the car park. Whizzed up it. Got to the top both shutters are down I thought oh my god what have I done I've just I can't turn around I've literally I, I've just come to a car park that's closed because it's the weekend and so I reversed up a, up a ramp between two concrete pillars up a up a ramp and around a corner and oh, oh. I reckon there was about a foot and a half both sides of my car that's how wide it was and I then had to and it was probably around 20 or so meters like up so it's no, maybe 30 meters it was a big old ramp did you have spicy pig? panic I had to reverse back down to the road <laughs> I then drove round the round the building thought right can't find the car park I'm just gonna stop and read the email um I was actually right I uh just had to pull up to the garage door and there was a, a button that you press um and the garage doors open when you go in Wow! (laughs) so yeah turned around and then back up the ramp I went and so did that three times went in and um the security guard had 100% seen me doing it because he literally was like smirking behind his mask at me Um, I bet when you were in school you'd sit an exam you'd like finish it and be sat there with the exam paper in front of you like I finished with 10 minutes left and then reread the question and realize you hadn't read it correctly the first time. <laughs> yeah. and instead of answering a question about the third wife of Henry VIII, you've answered it about the sixth wife of Henry VIII. And you're that person. 
you're always in a rush. It comes back to how you eat bananas. <laughs> it's full uh, you know what? It, it did serve me right. It was funny, but it was really fun to commentate. Um, we actually probably had one of the better games of the weekend with La Rochelle Sale. Um, it, it was a bit of an odd one. Like there wasn't really much continuity. It was just a bit, you know, they score, we score. That's kind of nothing. There wasn't yeah. like flow with the game. Um, but we did get a couple of good tries and, and had a good time. And also one of my absolute highlights of commentary so far was Jamie mentioning that one of the um, players was like from La Rochelle was like 24 stone, 22 stone, I think. Wow. And Miles and then asked, proceeded to ask Miles what that was in kilos and he didn't know and he was absolutely mortified that he didn't know. And so literally in between live commentating on a game was also on his notes, make working out like old school maths, what it would be. Um, and then announced it, but then got it wrong because he did the maths wrong. <laughs> but I know what you're like and the fact that you're Mrs. Maths, I bet you were sat there so smug next to him, watching him doing I his workings out. And you were probably like, <laughs> I'll round that up to the nearest 10 stone, what that is in kegs, and then I'll carry the one. And then, because you're you're so smug about math. I had worked it because out of because um, I had worked it out because I'm only it's easy because I was 65 kilos and I was 10 ish stone. So I just worked out that it was 65 times two plus a bit. <laughs> again, again, like watching someone do parallel parking, having to do on the spot mental arithmetic is something that makes me feel panic. I, I tell you what, one of the one of the best people. Can you remember Brain Train? Can you yeah, remember I, that on I, your Nintendo Wii? <laughs> oh, but yeah, we were. Ne I was never allowed one of those. I only had a, a handheld. Was it Nintendo DS? Because it was given to us for free. I can't even remember why. Um, and I had brain train and I honestly like because maths I could do like so easily I just like click through and get a bit bored I then sat on the plane next to Amy Turner um, England legend and said oh mate and she's like oh do you want to play like so I gave it to her and um, she was the most stressed I honest to god I spent the whole trip wherever we were flying to forever again in floods of tears laughing so much and she was like it, she got so stressed it got to a point where it was like two plus four two plus four two plus four I was like hey just chill that's, it's like sit. that's my life so <laughs> this is something that like in I in my head I find maths very stressful because I'm I'm not good at maths like I just I'm just terrible with numbers and in my head, working in TV, I'm never going to have to use maths. Like, it's not a proper job, is it? Like, you know, I, I wear jogging boxes <laughs> to work sometimes. And little did I realise at the beginning of my journey that, of course, you use maths all the time because everything has a duration and you work to durations. And the biggest issue I have is you count in time. And I find it very unnatural to count in 60s, not 100s. I'm also awful <laughs> at the 24 hour clock and always turn at places two hours early because I get confused by it. And I've had, I'll never forget doing, we, when I worked at Sky, we used to do um, Super Rugby Try Time, which was a 30 minute show on a Sunday that had the highlights of every Super Rugby match over the weekend. So at this point it would have been Super 15. There would have been 15 teams. So you've got seven games a weekend, quick maths. And 
I'd basically have like roughly worked out the duration of each game and then they'd all go into the show at the end and the show would be like five minutes too short and I would be in an edit suite crying about it or we would do rugby club on a Thursday and oh I remember that rugby club on a Thursday and we so we'd either who hosted that well Simon Lazenby and then Alex Payne I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it was Alex. I remember. Yeah. That's why I was a little bit starstruck by him, I think, when I first met him. Because I used to watch rugby clubs. So it was the first ever time women's rugby was shown, I think. Yeah. It was like, oh, we're going to do a roundup of the internationals from the Six Nations game. And it was literally like four seconds of lots of terrible haircuts yeah. and a couple of tries. <laughs> we, so we'd do that on a Thursday. We'd either pre-record it in the afternoon or it would go live. And if it was pre-recorded, the reality was that things would have to be fixed in an edit suite. And I, one of the boys had basically put the show out one day with a two minute black hole in the middle of the show. And I would be, I'd just be beside myself. I'd be like having panic attacks in the gallery. <laughs> I told, And it was just the worst experience of my life. Awful. I told you the, um, when the strength and conditioning coach, I think this is a story recently on the podcast with the strength and conditioning coach in, when we were on tour, Dan Howells, I think he, his, someone had passed away in his family. It was really awful. So we, he flew home. And because I was injured, I took over the S&C role. I think I've, I think I've talked about this on the pod recently, yeah. haven't I? Um, yeah. And then basically he got the timings fully wrong and it is down oh, to yeah, 30 it. seconds. So I was just chopping, I was just chopping massive chunks out of an international test match warm up. <laughs> I don't need be, to stretch you're they, fine they'd be it's kicking warm. off 45 minutes later if that was me I'm really sorry but they're not ready they haven't left the hotel the best bit best bit was trying to work out when the caffeine was and the girls were so adamant oh we need to have it on like 17 minutes and 23 seconds after in the warm-up I was like yeah 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 no worries yeah yeah cool then they got it whenever they got it I don't know <laughs> they no, lived and we won the game it was that fine. is panic inducing um one thing we haven't mentioned, we'd started talking about the European... Any rugby? rugby. Yeah, any rugby. <laughs> European rugby. How good was Austin Healy's commentary on, like, the rubbish French matches? The Mate. fact that he was just so honest about how rubbish. Um, I think had. Ali, Ali Eakin leading it was just class. I think he, he, he set the tone. Austin is always honest. He always says what he thinks. But I think when you've also got the lead commentator just like... <laughs> When it when um, it went all square at about 70 minutes and Austin went, yeah, that's just what this game needs, extra time. I was I was peeing myself on the sofa. I just well, loved it. What what was also good is um was Nick Mullins and Ben Kay on the second game. And they were talking about the fact that all of the shots coming in from the directors, there at one point they like all of the players were um uh like all blurred out and they'd literally focused on two pigeons that had landed on the on the field it was the most pointless thing you could ever watch mm. and then they were doing all sorts of different angles and in commentary Nick Mullins was saying and both of them were playing um crazy creative shot bingo yeah um and yeah for anybody that doesn't quite understand what we mean if you ever have a game coming from France we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago the director is basically talking through what is shown on TV, but obviously the cameras are all, all around the stadium. Um, but when you're trying to commentate and talk about the technical or tactical side of the game and they decide to shoot off and show the clouds or the Chinook that's going over or birds on the field or hit the guy on the weekend, obviously 
absolutely loved a slow-mo of an emotion. So the amount of slow-mos you've got of yeah. the relevant players. Um, yeah, he, he was when arty. You, have, you, <laughs> have you ever done a, an OB in France? Um, no. So in the UK, if you're working production, you're on site, like for a big European game, like five, six hours before the, the kickoff of the match, like, you know, five hours before you're even on end and you're in the truck and the lights are off and you're hardcore in France, an hour before you go on air, they lock you out the truck. Everyone goes for lunch and all the cameramen have a glass of wine or a beer with their lunch. <laughs> and it's just absolutely mental like it's so it's such a like different like pace and vibe to how we work i love life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase bit uh, shall we have a chat about the women's six nations we'll get round to this two games on the weekend um wales have now completed their um pool stage of this year's rejig six nations and have failed to score a point across the two games yeah um i think last week against France was always going to be a challenging game but I 100% as with no one on the Guinness legends got anywhere close to calling the fact that I think everyone called Ireland for the win but no one would have predicted a 45-0 or 31-0 at half time um it's a shame because it was Robin Wilkins 50th cap um massive achievement for her so congratulations to Robin um but they've taken a hammer in there's been all sorts of stuff flying around on social media about the WRU and the players and all sorts and and I hate seeing any level of trolling obviously as part of the documentary it's just fundamentally like vile but I think from from my perspective there was red flags when um when Tails resigned a couple of weeks before the tournament last week there were certain areas of the game that didn't didn't combine with what's been spoken about from the coaches and how they said that they're going to play so mm. you think okay well we're going to come up against the side against the French under a lot of pressure a lot of heat big physical side loads and like loads and loads of heat defensively um and it it fell apart and yeah. it, it was a real shame because and I will continually say a number of those girls play in the premiership week in week out over in England 
probably one of the problems for the Welsh development pathways and all that's a whole different conversation but they're playing better in their club shirts than in the international shirt in my opinion now I'm not pointing the fingers at the players I'm not pointing the finger at anyone at the moment but for me it is not good enough to see a team um just they I mean they lack defensive intensity their set piece was poor you know we've raved about um all of the other hookers hitting back ball but unfortunately you know I don't know whether it was the the hookers or the jumpers or what was happening, but I think they got two two or three lineouts out of, uh, and and the weather wasn't great, but Ireland were hitting them. Do you know what I mean? Um, One thing I wanted piece. to ask you about um, from a like game management perspective. I know that you've talked about this previously in the Scotland France draw last autumn. France emptied their bench really early on in the game, and I know that that was something that you pointed to in terms of where that game wasn't won for France. And Wales did the same thing this week. I think it was about 50, 55 minutes. They they brought all of their subs on. How influential do you think that was? And and why, why would you do that? Yeah, so they a number of injuries happened. So there was a number of injuries, which... And then they also brought on the props at halftime. Um, and, yeah, they lost all their, lost all their subs. Um, Shuan, the captain, went down with an ankle injury. Would she have stayed on if... if there was someone else to come on for her I don't know um and I've not spoken to her so I don't know the level of her injury she looked pretty in quite a lot of a uh, lot of pain she looked pretty uncomfortable um I think probably one is the tactics of anyone going on that then wasn't injured do you know what I mean like the coaches putting people on like what uh, you know what what was the reason for them going on but more so my concern with, around the robustness of players and I'm not sure sometimes injuries happen right and it, it actually happened in the French game there was injuries and then the sub coming on got injured and that was one of the reasons why there were so many people coming off the field but um yeah I think it, the robustness is is an issue that they just need to look at and just make sure just from a player welfare perspective do you know what I mean um and and it, this isn't to hammer hammer Wales at all but there needs to be accountability and and actually one thing that I've been really surprised about and this is where when I talk about the players not performing they so they made their line breaks down the edge and we'll talk about that against with Ireland versus France this weekend but they made some quite good line breaks or they got in behind but then they turned over the ball or or something happened and there was no what next and I you know Warren has talked about this open flowing game and he's talked about you know playing this new style of rugby you don't play, you know, they, it was like they, they played to the edge, they did well, but then they, what, did they think they were going to score? Did they, like, what's, what, you know, good defences are going to shut you down. Yeah. And that's where they seem to come unstuck because they, they're intelligent players on that field, but it, it was, the ball was turned over far too easily. And I think, like I say, the defensive side of things, Ireland looked incredibly fit. They looked incredibly strong and every carries they were, basically getting over the the gain line with Wales now yes defense is a mindset but it's also an organizational thing so Constantine bust through brilliant line breaks scored like fantastic individual um score but from a from an organizational perspective the where are the back three in that because there's yeah. no way there was two people there that those they're, they're good defenders Robin can make tackles they're, they're good defense so I now when I'm looking at it thinking What's happening from a tactical game plan perspective? Because it's like they don't have any structure. Yeah. And is that why they're not performing? 
because you know what? like I, I say, say you, you card games used, they are you've used the word accountability and I think I've struggled a little bit with this week because there have there has been a lot of conjecture and a lot of a lot of chatter around the match and and a lot of people jumping to the defensive players and you know talking about the trolling and stuff and, and absolutely that is not acceptable however there is a difference between trolling and asking what happened and and for me the fact that off the back of the loss last week in the pre-match interview the head coach was asked you know what do you learn? What do you do differently? And all he could talk about was the passion of the red jersey, and that's all you need. And I thought, wow, like Wayne Pivak, that the questions he's had to field last year when Wales weren't playing well. Now, yes, the women's game in Wales is underfunded. Yes, it's let down massively by the union, and that's something that's historical and needs to change. However, regardless of professional or amateur status, this is elite sport we're talking about. This is an elite test match level game. And there has to be maturity and accountability around that. And for me, I'm disappointed that we aren't holding the women's game to the same level. France are a team that are funded well. They are semi-professional. They've got a great league. Ireland, however, have not been playing rugby. There are fewer... Premier 15's players in their side. Yes, there's a number of seven skills even sprinkled in, but you had one coming off the bench and one starting who had never been capped at 15's level before. So two newbies who start. And for me, it becomes a bit of a moot point because the Island 15's programme has not been funded well over the past few years. They've been left out in the cold. So why are Wales clinging to, to this as a, an excuse? And I don't, and that's not at the players it's at people who are saying oh well the girls don't get this and the girls don't get that of course they don't however if we want women's sport to have the recognition that it deserves and to have parity with the men's we have to treat it the same well that's why i've spoken about the rugby right like what's happening from a game plan perspective the the delivery i think from my point of view koi was having a dinner so um if anyone can hear that then uh and I was like, <laughs> Sophie's it's um it's getting a little bit late in the, the moretti waterman household so koya obviously needs to eat um i think you know what i i find it quite difficult when people talk about um amateur and professional status all right fair game when you you know i know that it's not it isn't just about being a professional rugby player that makes england so much better we have um, a pathway we have um, a premiership that looks after players there are there is strategic systematic things that's been built over years that provides a bigger base of players right so that's what we talk about with like all of it that's what needs to improve from the WIU they need to look at their structures below the elite game how are they bringing girls in how are they looking after them what is their support service if you actually take all of that aside and then look at right the game itself there are skill sets and physicality and fitness levels that aren't good enough for test level rugby, in my opinion. And I'm saying that as somebody that has lived the life that they live. Yeah. I'm not comparing them to another nation. I'm comparing them to how good they can be. And I think that's where the players can take accountability. Am I, am I as 
elite in my mindset in everything that I do. And this isn't, again, you can see there's a real mix across the side, but I don't believe that all of them are as good as they could be. And I never would have used that as if I was never allowed to have that excuse as an England player because my teammates set that culture and set that standard. And I think that that's where Wales can make a big shift. And that's what I want to see from their management and their leaders is let's change irrelevant of what's happening outside of this, these, these players, all the structures, everything to put in place to help the game move forward in, in the future. Let's look at us now. Yeah. Are we fit? Are we strong? Are we hammering our basics? And if they turn around and say, yes, well, they, okay, they can't do any more. But I, I don't think that they can answer that if I look at it and I give an honest account of what I saw as a rugby player and as somebody that's played and worked in the game for a long time. And I'm not, that isn't disrespectful. That's exactly what I would say about some of the England players, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And they are professional. Yeah. So let's have a chat on Ireland very quickly. I can imagine that you'll be quite impressed with their back three performance. Bevan Parsons, 19 years old, 100 miles an hour. Wow. <laughs> Strong as hell as well. Strong I like. I like a winger that, that wins collisions. Um, I like that. And she did. She won a lot of collisions, scored off two minutes, I think. Um, yeah, her, um, Eva Considine, Glass, I thought, they, you know, I just loved how busy they were. They, were. they got loads of touches. They didn't just wait on their wing. And when they were on the wing and they got it and they didn't have that much space, they worked hard. Second half, it kind of fell apart a bit. It got a bit, got a bit shaky. Yeah. Um, I think what I was impressed with Ireland is they clearly had how they wanted to play. Their structures were simple. They moved the ball reasonably well. I think their passing could have been a bit better. It was it could have been a bit slicker, um, but they just carried hard, won the collisions. And yeah, I think Hannah Tyrrell, like I think it's she's their eighth, 10 in a couple of years. Yeah. Like, but I think she stepped into that role, player of the match, really lovely kicking variation. So grubbed the ball through, crossfield kicked a couple of times um only concern with her at 10 is just the length of her kick I think that that's what you'd need to see when you go up against the French and the English and really making sure you capitalize on on uh, on territory because they could get away with it against Wales but you wouldn't necessarily if you need to exit you've got to get some decent distance yeah. um against the big sides but just want to say yeah, I thought they were really impressive Send a bit of love to Hannah and Saoirse because Hannah may have got player of the match on Saturday, but she should have been marrying her partner, Saoirse. <laughs> so as as much as it probably didn't didn't make up for that, we're sending you both loads of love, girls, and of course, to the Yorkshire Terrier. Um, Sene was a couple on of things, actually. Yeah. I know that um, you're going to talk about that. Yeah, I just love that. For anyone that doesn't know Sene, Naoku, she is one of the most inspirational women you'll meet. She had a big operation on her neck. Um, really quite scary time. She spent some time back in her homelands in New Zealand, um, but she ba- she's back. She looked great, scored a try, looked strong. Like, yeah, just looked like Sunny um, and a big grin on her face. So that was cool. I think for me, about, moving... I was going to ask you, did you think that the midfield makeup was the right way round? Because I've obviously hyped Eve Higgins to the max um, and I've been excited to see her in 15s, but she didn't get a huge amount of of time on the ball on Saturday? No, so it shifted through her hands a few times. Um, she is a very strong, robust player. And one of the things you see when she plays at 10 and sevens is the ability to take the ball to the line and bust that kind of thing. And you saw it a couple of times when she did get her hands on the ball. Um, and actually that's something that 
I put as a as a bit of a question mark going into the French actually it's hard because I would want to see even a bit more of a collision space and Senny with a bit more room and actually then the, the Eve's hand in to shift it to Senny to give her that space I think yeah. would be brilliant because Senny takes this amazing outside arc and the way she runs but defensively Senny is really important in that 12 shirt she goes up she's really confrontational loves to bite and smash someone whereas if you've got someone at 13 in that quite often you can isolate your winger yeah. so defensively saying that she is a fantastic 13 as well um but I would have no dramas putting them the other way around because I think that that would play into some of their skill sets and I think probably the only two other things the geeky bit for me to some of their ball placement um in and around the breakdown I think yeah. if the French have got unbelievable jacklers they'll just snap it up like that and Wales learned and got a lot of turnovers in the second half so it'd be interesting to see whether they change that and adapt that and then the only other thing is their edge defence, which was something that Wales did well, but didn't capitalise on. You give the French any sniff of a line break, they will absolutely punish you. So that would be the two things really that I would say they're going to need to tighten up. It's exactly the same team that played the Welsh as playing the French this weekend. And I think it's going to be one hell of a test match. And uh, it, it's been rewarded by the fact that France have brought back the vast majority of their big guns. Although the human hairpin Boulard um, at fullback has taken the 15 shirt for a, for a second start. Tremulier is not even on the bench, but they have started players like Ndaye in the second row. Um, they've got Druan at 10. They've got Sanseus at nine. So yeah, they've gone big guns, which is, a, I think, a credit really to Ireland. Um, okay, so Italy, England... Um, Italy, what did you make of them before you move on to England? Fair play to them. I loved what they did at the start. They absolutely went out to play. Um, I think their continuity was superb. I think some of their collisions, some of their handling, some of the balls that they were picking up off their toes because their passing wasn't too, as slick as it needed to be was super impressive. Um, there was an injury, actually, I think, which meant Furlan moved to fullback and uh, Rigoni came in. Um, and that may massively helped, I think, you know, having that um, that experience. Um, I, I think the only problem was is that they just weren't quite as clinical with the handling to, to capitalise on all the possession that they had. Um, but And then they started to overplay and, and that kind of... A, it, like played into England's hands defensively but there's not many teams that keep that much ball from England yeah and for 40 minutes they kept a lot of ball and it happened to be two defensive like defensive pressure but two two literally two opportunities that England pounced on the ball and finished it off but apart from that you know fair play to them I, I think it was a shame to see them fall off uh, in the second half but I think that that game was a massive win for Italy moving forward um, and England still don't look like the England that they need to be, in my opinion. How concerned are you? I know that you've previously mentioned to me that you think they're a bit blunt in attack, maybe. Obviously, they're getting tries on the board, but their attacking structure perhaps isn't where you think it needs to be. Um, they just don't look as slick as they, they normally would. And I think what we're probably underestimating is the is the massive loss that there is with Katie not pulling yeah. the strings. And Helena is a magnificent player, but but Katie's world-class and held that position, what, for 12 years? Yeah. Um, and and it's 
and it's the timing you know there's timing errors there's um handling detail i think why i'm frustrated is because i know that the girls will be frustrated because you know and actually if you flip it and look at it, the men's side in the start in the start first couple of games in the six nations bring the men their handling was poor so you didn't see the backs open up you didn't see all of the great stuff until they played the French and then all of a sudden the pass yeah. is stuck and then they scored all these amazing tries so it's like that frustration and I think I'm kind of looking at it from a player's perspective um one thing I will say and you know we talk about her a hell of a lot but Jesus Christ Vicky Fleetwood is fast her acceleration is just she is literally a flea like she is so quick and I mean she's got yellow boots that makes it makes her even faster that's mm. why I wore them um, but have a look at how quick she is. Yeah. She gets a try, but Megan Jones makes this nine break. Fleeto is there before anybody else, and the backs are ahead of her. Like she's where she's come from. She's yeah. unbelievable. Um, and oh, then so happy birthday for this week, Vicky Fleetwood. Another birthday. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I'd like to see her on the board. And our favourite Ginger Ninja also got a try to her name. Um, yeah, Harriet Miller Mills um, came on. Alex, there was a like really lush late switch meg to alex alex slides through fan steps like and then bit does his awesome offload harriet runs a nice line to get there awesome offload and then is up for try of the match or try of the weekend and it makes me laugh because it she'll should be get like the award but it's not yeah yeah but then i think actually she ran next to me at twickenham stadium and i got like nominated for try of the decade and she got no plaudits <laughs> and yet she was the reason why i got the try so you know what has fair play to you. You have it. Like, you have it. Yeah. Um, um couple Riley. of other things with yeah. Three from three. Three from three. <laughs> she also put on the O2 inside line story that of her, like there was this like briny cam of her in the bath. And she um was doing she's like, Oh, my favorite time of the day, and she's like doing a face mask and a hair mask. And I was literally like, mate, you've got peroxide bleached hair that you've done yourself. Like, why are you yeah. putting Spending all that money on product, get it done properly. <laughs> Open the door after the horse has bolted there a little bit. Um, so um, predictions for the weekend because match point. I, I'm, I'm going to make excuses. You know, we hadn't seen teams. How were we meant to know what was going to happen? <laughs> you know, that's. You know what? Can I just say? Um, there's just last thing about England. Actually, it was really cool to see centre back. I think she's had like over a year and I don't even know how many months out with from playing for England she's had all sorts of really quite nasty injuries and yeah. to get back and so it was cool to see her back in a an English shirt and um yeah so anyway um match by um can I just say a really funny stat that no one no one on the Guinness Legends League got any points other than just getting the win, win. right so I, I think there was three people and I don't think they actually even partake, like took part in the week. They obviously forgot to put their uh, their scores in, but everybody just took 20 points from the weekend. <laughs> um, but which means that Fee Coughlin and George Gulliver, Fee Coughlin's at 60 points, she's smashing everyone. George Gulliver and Rocky are super close in second and third. And then in fourth, equal fourth, Sarah Orchard. Congratulations, Ooh. Sarah. Um, and Topsy Ojo. Oh, I'm like, God, <laughs> This is how the men must feel with us in the men's league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the people that really, you know, well, to be fair, 
Star Pops has commentated on a few um, Prem 15s games this year, hasn't he? So I bet he's like now like rubbing his hands together. <laughs> like he's got all of his knowledge. And I just, it's so hard. And actually, even though we've now seen all the teams this weekend. It's I'm not like, hard, mate. They've all got, they're all scores that I just, I would have known if I just thought about all of the scores that have gone before me before the, before this week like island wales who saw that score line yeah, and now i don't like, think anyone did you know can yeah. could france turn ireland over at home and it you know and it, i don't know i think this weekend we've got two incredibly entertaining matches yeah. ahead of us so get on match point get your predictions in um can yeah. i just say the tryhards league I'm going to claim all of the success. So I have not done well myself, but um, Millie Whitehouse, absolute little legend from Wasp Centre of Excellence, is first in the Tryhards League this round. She got a perfect prediction and 40 points. So Millie absolutely smashed it. I'm going to now, as a proud coach, claim I'm going to live like vicariously through her. Why are you saying that? Like that's a new thing. You do that every week with every player who went to Gloucester Heartbreak. So on that note, I'm glad that you're not deviating from the norm. Thank you for joining uh, us, Tryhards. We will be back in your ears next week. See ya. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 